All right, how's it going, everybody? Uh, Rachel and I are here to talk about student-athlete academic advisors and uh, their importance to uh, the, the college as a whole, especially the student-athlete experience. Um, based off of our personal experiences, and uh, we were drawn to this topic because uh, I'll let Rachel speak for herself, but we weren't really um, uh, aided along in our experience as student-athletes. For myself, it was more just faculty advisors, and I, I was kind of out on my own to learn how to balance my time and, and figure things out. Um, it, it was tough at points, and, and having student having a student athlete academic advisor would have would have made a huge difference in my experience. And so I'll let Rachel talk about hers and uh, why she's interested in this topic. Yeah, hey guys. Uh, so my experience with academic advising um, in athletics was really um, just non-existent. The we had a liaison for us. It wasn't really an, an academic advisor, but he was really just MIA in the process. Um, wouldn't answer questions. Wasn't in his office. So it was really hard to get answers. Um, on like class registrations or even just like typical questions about um, academic advising in athletics in general. So uh, we'll jump right into our content and let's get started. All right, Pat, let's get down to business. So why do we even need uh, different advisors for student athletes? So like why can't they just go to other academic advisors on campus? Yeah, so that's like the biggest question that uh, a lot of people have in regards to student athlete academic advisors. It's it's just the schedule alone for the athletes is, is much different than many students on campus. Um, between practice schedules, uh, game schedules, travel situations, um, just so many different things that factor into the, to their needs that um, they need this special attention from these different academic advisors that work specifically with student athletes who, who understand their schedule requirements, who communicate directly with coaches. So um, in an article written by Ruben in 2015, he, he emphasizes the fact or the importance of these advisors because there's many different student athletes, you know, between race, gender, the different sports, and this all must be considered when advising. Um, and another thing is that every student athlete has different situations of what they're dealing with, with, like I said, the schedules, the requirements, uh, on and off the field. And being able to discuss the importance of how they identify with their sports is one, one point that he makes uh, over and over again is that you have to discover uh, who these athletes are without sports as well and that they don't just rely uh, on sports and, and how they identify themselves. And, you know, making that tradition, tr transition into the future for their career, if it's not in sports, that, to help the athlete work through that transition is one of the, the main uh, aspects of the job, I think. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the information that I've gathered from what I've read uh, from Ruben's article and my personal experience. But Rachel, how can this information about identity and the transitions that must take place be established from day one with student athletes? Yeah, so academic advising should be customized to fit the student and not a blanket routine. Every student has different goals, learning styles, and program requirements. Some students come from far away or need a little bit more time to become one with their new institution. Bozetta, Lentz, and Kelly studied two groups of different student athletes to determine the level of goal instability, vocational identity, and career decidedness level. Two of groups of students athletes participated in the summer support program, or like a summer bridge program, and were asked to participate in the study. Student athletes who were at risk and student athletes who were not at risk were both studied um, within the research project. The summer support program assisted with the preparation of student athletes to begin school in the fall. Um, student athletes became more acquainted with the campus through the summer support program. So they were on campus, they got exposure, um, they knew where the resources were and whatnot. The researchers found that there were no differences between the two groups of students um, with the students 
goal instability, vocational identity, or career decidedness. Um, so when we think about this, we really need to uh, push institutions to think about goal setting and striving to be student athletes um, with their successes on campus. All right, Pat, so um, I mentioned students coming from like far away and establishing their place on campus. How is this beneficial not only for domestic students, but also international students? That's a good point. And, and for domestic students uh, compared to international students, the adjustment is, is much different because they deal with not only the change in scenery, being away from home, but they also deal with you know, a language barrier and, and the adjustments needed to fit into the culture here uh, in the United States. So one thing that we that is stressed uh, in an article written by uh, Newell in 2015 was that these academic advisors for international student athletes, also known as ISAs, are part of that transition and the recommendation, recommendations he uh, makes for these transitions are that these ISAs enjoyed being in a structured support system that, that may not be avail available to them elsewhere and that these structured, you know, getting involved on campus outside of athletics to build, uh, you know, build that community on campus for these international students, which is super important for them to feel welcome in the community, uh, as well as domestic students, but uh, especially for international students. Um, and international students often view this as a relationship with their advisors the most crucial in their academic career. Um, that with that strong relationship with someone uh, on campus, they're able to feel more welcome and it helps them through all those transitional phases and, and, and helps them become a successful student uh, off the field. Um, and it's not just academic and eligibility issues, but social, personnel, and career concerns that ISAs may have when uh, coming over to the States for school. And by or combining this comprehensive uh, array of support services that address all these uh, issues or scenarios, that it really helps create this welcoming atmosphere for the ISAs and better chances of success. So we, we kind of have a foundation of who academic advisors are and, and kind of what their role is, but how do they actually do it? And before we get into how they actually do it, what are some like, key components to the job that academic advisors should not do? How do what, right. what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, academic advising can be a great tool for aiding student success if utilized correctly. Um, so in an article by Suggs written in 1999, it becomes apparent that universities um, have had an issue with advising and tutors in the past regarding um, over-helping student-athletes. Um, it's reported that the athletic department and secretaries, um, as well as the tutors, um, and multiple universities have been caught um, completing assignments on the behalf of student athletes, and that's a really big no-no. This makes higher education professional professionals question the ethics behind athletics and the support resources that are offered. Many institutions have created organizations to like, require academic advisors to report to the provost instead of athletic departments. So Suggs really highlights that being held accountable is important and the key to being able to provide effective resources to encourage student-athlete success. All right, Pat, so now that we know what not to do as an academic, academic advisor in athletics, what is the best way that you think um, is to advise student-athletes? So the biggest thing is you have to be there for them. And, and like you said, you can't be there too much and overdo it and complete assignments and whatnot because it's just it's ethically wrong. And, and one of our jobs as uh, higher professionals is to assist students and not do the work for the students. But in an article by Camo, uh, he develops he, he suggests that the most important thing that we can do is to develop a baseline to understand uh, how the student uh, should go about 
and certain dif- in different situations in athletic, social situations, and kind of help them understand the academic, academic systems of the college. Um, he outlines five effective strategies, and the first thing is you have to have early intervention programs. We have to attack it attack problems before they even occurred. So ha- having programs in place to meet with students over and over again, uh, and in some programs you're required to meet once a week during the first semester, just to help students get that transition period down, learn how to study, learn how to manage your time and work through, not only on the field but off the field as well. And one, one way to do that is having purposely designed study halls. Um, from my personal experience, study halls were a joke. Uh, we'd, go into, we'd go into the <laughs> library, yeah, for sure. I mean, we'd go in the library and then we'd sneak out the basement and the coach didn't even know we were gone. So um, having purposely designed study halls is a huge part of uh, the best way to advise student athletes. And then just kind of introduce the students to all the academic support services on campus, not just the stuff uh, in the athletic department, but all the important and uh, amazing resources that higher ed institutions have that can be used by all students on campus. So that's kind of what I found, Rachel. Um, I know there's so much more out there. And did you find anything that kind of touches on some tips that for uh, for student athlete academic yeah, advisors? For sure, yeah. Um, so um, I found an article that interviewed two professionals in the academic advising field, spe- specifically with athletics. Um, and there was altogether 15 pieces of, ad- of advice that was given. So the first um, interview was with Holly Martin, and she is um, a first-year um, advisor at the University of Notre Dame. And some of her um, advice would be to know the rules and regulation of the division or conference that you're in, as well as um, being sensitive to the fact that student-athletes are in transition with their life, and some of the decisions that they will make is probably not the decision that you would make. Um, to be aware of the resources and challenges about the campus that might present to student-athletes, um, as well as being respectful to both the gifts um, of the student, both in their academic abilities and their athletic abilities. The second individual was Sherwin James, who serves as the Commission Chair for Student um, Athletes Advising at Clayton State University. His advice was to encourage student-athletes to choose the right group of friends, which is super important, um, assess the student-athlete's um, abilities based on their experiences and results, um, both in regards to the playing field and academically. Um, as well as assisting them in figuring out the right balance. I know you, you had mentioned this, Pat, um, between like school, practice, games, and work, and whatnot. But I think the most important um, piece of advice that he gave was to teach student-athletes actually how to communicate professionally. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Rachel. It's just, so we have all these tips and we have all this information about how to, how to advise, but do we have anything in place that kind of assesses what we're doing or, and proves that it's actually working? Right. Um, so the MCAA released a model called GRO, G-R-O. It stands for Graduation Risk Overview. Um, athletic, um, athletic advisors can use this to assess the graduation risk of students before they come to college um, as well as while they're in college. So they can, um, basically what they do is they rank students on a scale um, by factors that are weighted. So the more students score, the more at risk that for graduation they are. S- students may be uh, ranked based on the following. Um, if you're first generation, if you scored low on your ACT or SAT, um, students who live out of state, so those international students that you were talking about. Um, if you attended more than one high school, if you're diagnosed with an educational disability, um, or even if you transfer from another institution. Um, health issues, lower and economic resources, all of these things factor into how you score. 
Um, each factor is, uh, that was mentioned is weighted differently, um, and it can, it can range from one to two points on the scale. Um, but if a student scores more than five, four to five points, the student is considered at risk. All right, Pat, let's talk about some best practices. Who, who, what school did you look at? Well, for me, it was, it was awesome because I, I had a school in mind because I was familiar with them being a baseball fan. Vanderbilt uh, University has uh, one of the most prestigious uh, academic centers for student-athletes, and it was awarded uh, the Annual Model Practices Award for Student Support Services by the National Association of Academic and Student-Athlete Development Professionals this past June. And it's called the Stratton Foster Academic Center. Well, and, what do they do? Well, one thing, it's, it's great because it... What they do is they're known for their summer bridge program, as they're most famous for. And what they do is, like you talked about, the importance of assisting incoming student-athletes in the transition into Vanderbilt. Oh. It's been proven to be effective, and it stresses the importance of academics uh, to the incoming students. But one awesome thing about it is that they continue to invest in this. Donors uh, are not hesitant to reach out. And in an article written by Thamel uh, in 2006, they talk about the importance of investing in the academics of their student-athletes. It's also used as a recruiting pitch. Uh, it, it assures parents of incoming students that their students are going to uh, have areas where they can focus on academics and, yeah. and not just athletics. Yeah, so um, I looked at Notre Dame, um, and they have an office for academic services for student-athletes. Um, and through this office, uh, student-athletes are actually assigned a single point person um, of contact upon enrollment, which is really cool because... Um, as a student athlete, I didn't really know who I was supposed to go to in terms of like questions that I had and whatnot. Um, so it's really um, also really helpful because the point of contact for each sport is clearly listed on the website. So even if you forget, um, there's a place that you can go and know where that is. Um, you also have a team of higher education professionals to help and support you. So faculty are actually directly um, included in the mix and have like specific logins to an online portal where the team members can actually communicate with the professors um, and track students progress which is really cool and then also um, lastly the office also offers three convenient locations in which student athletes are able to meet with their support team study or receive tutoring so that's really cool because um, in my school we only had the field house and that was it so no, I, t I totally agree with you, Rachel. It's just, and that's what it's so important for these uh, athletic programs to have these advisors. And, you know, we found so much information relevant to keeping these advisors around. And I, and I can't stress enough the importance of it. And I just really hope it continues to grow and affect students all over the country. Yeah, me too. It's, it's super important. And we hope that you guys as an audience were able to kind of see the importance and get some best practices, even if you're not in the um, athletics field. So we thank you for listening yeah. um, and hope you learned something. So we're signing off. Bye. See you later.